Here we go. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Galimara, Karispera, whatever time you're watching, this is Mappa. Welcome to another edition. Um, I'm still, Thaso is here. This pod is brought to you by Inspire Sports Management. As you can see at the bottom, we have a very special guest. I like to call the gunman, a guy that scored several goals for Baralimni this season. Uh, a gentleman who is a really, really nice guy, genuine at that. Alex Vosenovic. Alex, how you doing, bro? Really good. Really good. Happy to be here. Thank you for, for joining us. And before we start, Alex, did, in Cyprus, did people call you Alex or Alexi? Uh, it was Alex, to be honest. Ah, okay. Okay. In, 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 Ser in Serbia and Austria, it's uh, Arzo. This is the short shortcut for my name. But okay. like here in Cyprus, it was Alex. Nice. Because so, I've got a friend that's not from Cyprus. And whenever we went on holiday, people would call him Alexi. And they say, are yeah, you Greek? Yeah, yeah. doesn't look Greek. I can tell yeah. you this, he doesn't look Greek. So, <laughs> no, Alex was nice. Alex, I was okay with Alex. Nice, nice. Well, bro, let's start from the beginning. Let's start from when you were young, when you were younger, because you're 25. My goodness, you're still young. So when you were younger, watching football, growing up, which footballers did you admire? Did you like watching? Uh, for me, at the start, it was uh, uh, Ronaldinho. Ah. Uh, at his time at Barca, and then it was uh, Cristiano Ronaldo at Manchester United. Was actually I had uh, my first jersey, my first original jersey. Let's say was from him. It was the blue jersey which he scored against Arsenal. You know this one. Oh, the free kick, yeah. Yeah, and this one uh, my first jersey. So Ronaldo is my favorite player. Uh, admire him especially, and uh, I like to watch him. I love to watch him, and this is like. Well, when I grew up, these are the players which I looked up to. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So in terms of your, your background, Transfermarkt tells us that you were born in Bosnia. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Um, fun fact, my older brother is born in Austria. Okay. My younger brother is born in Austria. I'm the only one born in Bosnia. Oh. Because there was some like, uh, how do I say, the paper issues. My mom needed to to okay. go back for a time and she was pregnant with me so um, i was born there i'm happy that i'm born there to be honest uh because i'm the only one who is not born in austria from 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 my brothers and it's a special thing um but yeah i'm born in bosnia but after i was born like i think two three months i removed again back to austria and i grew up in austria nice nice and when you were playing football as a youngster you went through various academies, if I'm not mistaken. You played for one or two teams. In terms of the development for Austrian players, we've seen many good Austrian players over the years. I remember when I was growing up, there was a striker called Tony Polster. You probably never heard of him, but he was a... Of course player. I heard of him. Yeah? Of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. Fantastic big name players. They, see, I'm, I'm glad other people know who I'm talking yeah, about yeah. because <laughs> I think you've shown yeah. my age, right there. Me, I, I, I'm pretending. I'm, I'm nodding and going, yes. <laughs> He's a coach here in Austria in the third division. Uh, I think I played one time against him. I'm not sure when he was the coach. Yeah. But he's a funny guy, really funny guy. Yeah, he was a very good striker as well. I'm sure yeah. there are other quality Austrians. In fact, there's an Alaba Austrian. Or is he? Yeah, he's Alaba as well. Alaba. There you yeah. go. There you go. So in terms of your growth and your development, can you tell us uh, uh, about your experiences as a, as a youngster? 
yeah, Austria is like, um, how do I say it? It's not like in Cyprus, you know, Austria has a big focus on the youth, you know, the academies, the the infrastructure for the youth is really good, you know. I, I myself, I played uh, to the I think under 15s. I played in a small club because my parents worked and uh, they didn't have time to drive me to the big club, you know. And for for them, it was like, ah, oh, let him play. Maybe he will find a way for for himself. After I was 15, they wanted me like before that, you know. They wanted when I was 10 years old, I was already banging 40 goals per season in the in the in the kids, you know. And it was. I was better than the the rest because it's like outside the big cities and you're playing against the the kids from from smaller cities so it's easier for me but uh, after I was 15 then I went to the bigger club and then it's different you know then then there are the good players you know and um the academy here especially uh, at my place I didn't play there because I moved from this club to the first uh, team you know from the second then to the first, I didn't need to go to the academy because I was too old already for the academy, you know, because I moved too late. But the academy here in my city is one of the best in Austria. I'm sure it's one of the best in Austria. I don't know, there are, there are some players like uh, Grilic, who is playing for Ajax now, and uh, Baumgartner, who is playing for Hoffenheim. I don't know if you don't know these names, if you're watching the Bundesliga and all these things. But... Um, the, the academies, there is so, such a big focus on the youth, and they are trying to to put the players from the under 18 straight into the first team. You know, if they see there is a big platform here, even Salzburg, you know, and the academies is amazing. You know, that's why I always say, I said to the to the kids in Cyprus, you know, if you, we, I think if you play against the kids from Austria, I think, and I watched the under 19 games in Paralimni because there are some players from our team who are playing there sometime. And I said to them, oh, when I look at this football and I look at the Austrian academy football, it's like two worlds, you know, from the quality, from the quality and from the training and from everything. So this here is like another level right now, I think. It's really good. I can imagine. And the thing is, there's, there's a question I'm going to ask, which is going to lead me on to Cyprus now. As you know, in Austria, RB Salzburg have won 11 titles in the last 13 years. A lot of money, a lot of development. Yeah. We've seen players at Haaland. I think, if I'm not mistaken, was Upen Meccano there before he went to RB yeah, Leipzig? Yeah, yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. I'm not sure. It, obviously, they've monopolized their league now. And it's very, very difficult for teams like Lask and all these other clubs to, to challenge. Is it a good thing or a bad thing for Austria that RB Salzburg or Red Bull are involved? To be honest, I think it's the best thing that could have happened to Austria. I think because uh, if one team is pushing up the limits, the others need to follow. You know what I mean? Uh, I remember when I was playing here in the first division, I played like 20 games, but I, I still played, I think, three, three times against Salzburg. And at this time, Salzburg was in the midfield. It was Nabi Keita. Samaseku up front was Dabur and these these guys, you know. And you come to the game and I remember one time it was the last game of the season. We went there to play against them. And some players were, were finishing their career on this game from Salzburg. And the coach came in our locker room and he said, Yeah, guys give everything, you know, maybe we can have a nice finish and hurt them a little bit, you know, at the end. 
it was like 5-0 at the half time, you know. There was like no chance if if these guys want want to play. If I always say if they play in the cha- like they play in the Champions League, if they play in the league, there is like nobody that can come near to them. I think this is the only season this year because I followed the season this year where Sturm Graz they came near to them. They had the last game against them, like second to last, I think. They played against them. If they won against them, they were first. So, but still, Salzburg managed to win, you know. And but this year was the first time I think uh, Salzburg had problems to win the title. They still won it, of course, but they didn't win the cup, which is like a surprise here. I think if they don't win the cup either, but. I think it's the best thing that could have happened to Austrian football because Austrian football is getting better and better now. The teams are putting in more money. Um, the academies are getting better because everybody looks up to Salzburg, how they are working, how they are developing the players, selling the players, you know, which is crazy what they are doing. I hope, or if you, the names, Mane, Upamecano, Samaseku, Haaland, Dabur, you know, these are um, names who are known now in the European football and they everybody came from Salzburg, you know. Leimer, he, he was there, he's now at Bayern, you know, it's crazy. So it's good. It's good for football in Austria. Of of course. And we know about the link between Salzburg and Leipzig. I think was it Benjamin Seshko is is on his way to to yeah, Leipzig yeah. from Salzburg and he had a very good season. I think he was the third top goal scorer. But the, the other two top goal scorers in the in the Austrian Bundesliga weren't from Salzburg, were they? I think one was from Austria Vienna and the other one was uh Buchstaller from Rapid. Yeah, Rapid, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, uh, he's, like, he's like 30. I think Shesko was injured this year a lot. Okay, right. I think he was injured at a time. And Salzburg had a lot of injuries this year, you know. There's like um, the main players were injured for a long time and uh, they really had problems even because especially they played Europe, then they played the cup and everything. And not not many teams are playing Europe here. You know, I think they were the only one this year who were playing Europe properly, you know. So the player, I think, uh, Buchstaller was the first this year and uh, Tabakovic was the second. That's right. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Buchstall is a. Uh, he played uh, Schalke in Bundesliga in Germany. He came now back. I think it's his first season back at Rapid. He was already here before. Um, had a great season. Still, Rapid didn't have a good season, but he had a great season. I think he helped them to to come to the place where they are. And I think they finished fourth. And Tabakovic, he scored. I think in the first round. In the first round, he scored three goals, and in the second now he scored fifteen. And now everybody's yeah. uh, wanting to wanting to sign him. To sign him. Yeah, I think Serie A is like seven clubs who wants him, so it's good good for him. But it's a, I don't know when the last time Sheshko was third. So yeah, he was the only striker who scored many goals for Salzburg this year, I think. But they have so many good players. Everybody can score in this team. You know, it's a different quality when you watch Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Well, this question leads me on to my next one, which is about clubs in Cyprus that are financially strong, like Aris, like Buffer. Is there a risk that with the money that these clubs have, Aris and Buffer will be the two teams to dominate Cyprus, just like Salzburg are doing in, in Austria? It depends in, in which way they do it, you know. 
if they do it, do it in the way like Salzburg is doing it, helping um, the the country, you know, even making the name for the like for the country. Let's say Salzburg put Austria on the football map. I can say that I think because without them, I don't know who could could have come. I think they went one time in the semi-finals of Europa League or something, you know. And it's good for the country, good for the league, good for the kids in in this country, you know. And if can if Aris can manage to push the other teams to to do more, to be more professional, you know, because there are still clubs in Cyprus which we know that are not paying salaries and uh, they don't care about these things, you know. It's like in the they don't care. And Aris is uh, doing professional work. You can see that they are doing professional work. Even the the infrastructure and the stuff around the club, I think it's you can see it from outside. Even when you play against them, you can see it from outside that something is different, you know. And they could push the other teams to do the same. Of course, you need money to do the same, but there is a lot of clubs in Cyprus with money who can who can do it maybe a little bit smaller than Aris and Paphos, you know, but uh, I, it could be good for Cyprus, I think, um, especially if Aris, uh, Aris manages this year to qualify for Europe in the group stage, it's even better, you know, but I would never say it's a bad thing if some club tries to push the limits somewhere, you know. Of course, of course. And maybe Thasso can step in with this one because you mentioned the cl other clubs in Cyprus that are big. I'm guessing you're saying Abuwa, Omonia, North Sea, etc., etc. But I don't know if a lot of the players in Cyprus, well, the, the non-Cypriot players, understand the financial difficulties that these clubs are having at the moment. Thasso, do you want to <laughs> tell our viewers or even Alex how bad the situation is right now? Well, um, everywhere, well, got, everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I'll just, I'll, I'll just throw Abuel and Omonia are historically the big, what the bigger teams in Cyprus, the two big ones, and at the moment, the finances for these two teams is suffering greatly. For instance, the story is about players at Abuel not being paid for three, four, five months. There's, uh, I mean, Abuela are almost 40 million euros in debt at the moment and searching for uh, investors. There were whispers, uh, there were whispers about Red Bull being involved with Abuela as well, which would have been very interesting, I think, but I don't think that's going to happen now. Um, there's also Omonia, it's, it's a big team that doesn't own the training ground that they train in. Uh, there's Anorthosis are having the kind of troubles financially that uh, you wouldn't expect them to have, uh, a team of their stature as well. So there's quite a few teams that have tried to keep up with uh, Aris and Bafos especially and have not done that sustainably and have just gone, which... Uh, which is a big problem in Cyprus. Is uh, I think it's all about they only plan for the now, not for the future. And it's like what you said earlier, Alex, is with uh, with the youth teams, for instance, is that there's uh, there, there doesn't seem to be investment in the in the young players to bring them through, which is very disappointing as well. No, it's uh, like, I, you know, of course, players talk, 
you know, we had some players from Upwell in our club and players talk. I know what they said and I don't want to go into that, uh, you know, but um, it's a big club, you know, it's a really big club. And I think big, big clubs, they can maybe pull themselves out out of these things, you know, especially if some some people are interested in the club and they know that Apple has a lot of fans, a lot of history, and uh, it's difficult, you know. Uh, I think anorthosis is the problem. They didn't manage to go to Europe this year. You know, this is a, a huge thing for them. You know, it's a lot of money if you go to Europe. Even Apple, I think they waited to to win the championship. They didn't manage to, which I would, which I understand. You know, if you don't pay the players, when you think about it, the players still try to win the the league. You know, they didn't get the money. Maybe I don't know what what is happening in the club, but what 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 is said. But this they still try to to win the the league, which is uh, for the players uh, amazing. You know. They respect it. They respect the club, and they try to do the best for them. You know, of course, every player wants to do the best for himself. And but um, it, it's not good that these things happen in the league. You know, because this league can be really good, I think. And if they put more work into the youth, you know, because I we had some good players from our in our team. I think it was Mavrodis, Pantelis, and uh, Fotis, Kotsonis. You know, they are good players and. They are now, in, I think, in the national team. I know they are in under 21s. So everybody needs to push these players. You know, you need to give them. You don't need to give them like every game to play, but give them. You know, give them uh, confidence. You know, it's not easy for for. I know it myself. You know, I had my problem at the start was I had no confidence in myself. You know, and now I'm 25. My my head is really calm right now and. I think that's why I had a good season. I think I could have done more, but um, my head is now calm and I know what to do, you know? And that's why I'm not afraid, but I know how it is for these boys, especially in Cyprus, it's not easy to 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 do something, you know, as a Cyprus player, like a Cypriot guy. I talked with them and they said it's not easy. I know it's not easy, but uh, you need to work for that, you know? Especially, I think there needs to be two Cypriot players on the pitch. So if you are better than some foreigners, why not? You know, you have a big chance to play even then, you know. They need you maybe, two separate players. Why not? So to, need to, to, be, fair to, to be fair to Baralimni, though, uh, they, they do have a name in Cyprus for producing uh, young players. So, for instance, the Cypriot all-time top goal scorer, Michalis Kostandino, is from the Baralimni youth teams. So it's something that is within the ethos of the team. I mean, even the name of the team, Enos is Neon Baralimni, is the union of young people of Baralimni. Mm-hmm. So so it's something that's worked into the team itself. So I think that's that's a good thing that Baralimni have. Like I said, there was many young players training at our training, you know. Mm-hmm. Of course, sometimes... Kids come and they give them the chance. Uh, sometimes it lowers a little bit the quality of training, you know. And but it's okay. Uh, it, these things happen. You you cannot uh, expect maybe from a young guy to come to the first team training and be amazing. And uh, it needs a little bit of time. Everybody needs the time to adjust. But I watched the under 19s. They had 
it was it's a good team you know i watched them they were not bad uh some of i think like five six players of of our team played there and trained with us so they have a good youth there it's not bad even they have a lot of teams good pitches for the training not good but they had a lot of pitches for training a lot of room for for them but like I said, uh, I think this is the most important thing in Cyprus to develop the youth and to bring them near to the first teams. You know, if you don't have your your youth, then it's just going to be like a farmer's league. You know, nobody is going to care about it. If you bring some players out, then it's different. So even good for the national team, you know, when when you have some players bringing out in the first teams and they you give them confidence everybody gets better with confidence i know it myself you know if somebody gives you confidence you're going to get a better player and here it's different i think they don't give the young players so much confidence especially the Cypriot young players and then it's difficult for them what i think alex you you mentioned the youngsters and the national team and there's something that thusser and i discuss a lot on this podcast and that's the Cypriots living outside of Cyprus, such as myself and Thasso. Thasso lives in France. I live in the UK. I was born in the UK. Same with Thasso. We have many Cypriots in the UK that were born here that can play for the national team. And some of them are in academies, Watford, West Ham. Some are playing uh, second division football. But it's almost like the Cypriot Football Association does not look outside of Cyprus for these players. I think maybe Okaz, and I don't know if Okaz was born in the UK or Cyprus, but his his father played for the national team. But Okaz is the only, I don't know, UK-born Cypriot, I think he was born in the UK, that plays for the, the under-21s. I don't know anyone else, really. So is it, is it a case where GOP needs to start looking, not just in the UK, but also Australia, the United States, where there are, Cypriot youngsters playing football. Yeah, of course. If you, I, I mean, you can not only look to Cyprus. You know, if you have uh, the chance to get your uh, good players, which have the let's say Cypriot passport and they can play for Cyprus, why not? You know, why not? Everybody wants to play for a national team, especially if one part of the parent is from this country. You know, maybe. It's an honor. It's an honor to play for the national team and for the kids. If I think if they ask the kids, I think they would say yes. You know, if they have the chance to play for the national team, of course they will say yes. It's the same with me. If the national team asks me to play, of course I'm going to go and play. It doesn't matter where I'm at in the world, you know. And uh, especially if you like, you say there is in good academies. These are not bad academies. These are. I think the only guy uh, we played against uh, the under twenty ones. A friendly game. I think there was one guy playing for the under 21s. He's playing at Hanover. I don't know what his name was. But he was really good. I watched the game from outside. Okay. I didn't play this game. And I said to them, why is he playing in the under 21s? You know? Why is he here? You know, because the second division in Germany, I think he can bring every player here in Cyprus and he will destroy. You know, he will be really good. And I said, why is he playing in the under 21s? Give him the chance in the first team, you know? Only because he's young, you don't need to put him there. Forty, Antonio Forty, he was he was in Omonia's academy. Yes, and him. he's now at I think Hanover, and I speak with the guys. You know, I said to them, "Why is he here? You know, bring him in the first team, not in the under 21s What if he, what if he plays now 
he takes the German papers and he he destroys in Germany. He's gonna take Germany. You know what I mean? He he was he was he went to Frankfurt after Romania, and then yeah. he went to Hanover. Yeah, yeah. I know that he's now at Hanover. I think, yeah. but I watched him yeah. on the on the pitch, and he was he was acting like a pro. You know, yeah. he was acting like a pro player. He was playing like a like a first team player. He was not playing yeah. like a kid. You know. For sure. And I said to them, this guy is the only guy who could right now be in the first team, not here. So the thing is, I think there are many talented players in Cyprus. I'm I'm not saying that there aren't. You know, we've seen Sacha at Abuel, we've seen, you know, Hambo at Omonia, Kakuli at Loizu, Johnny's even went to to Sporting Kansas. So th there are talented players. But I think it goes back to a conversation that we had. Oh blimey, who was it? We had a conversation with another player and they said that the youngsters are in their comfort zone in Cyprus. You know, they have their families there. They have their yeah, friends yeah, yeah. there. Sure. Sure. It's Joel. Joel. There you go. Mm. So, yeah. No, I speak with, with, uh, with the, because, how do I say it? I speak with Marco Yevremovic. He was uh, my neighbor in Cyprus and a good friend. Uh, we became good Very friends good there. Very yeah, good player as well. We become good friends there and I, I spoke to him. After the first month, I said to him, they don't care. You know, they don't care if they lose in training. They don't care. And we were shouting a lot. We were shouting a lot of swearing and everything because the Balkan mentality, you know, it's different. If you're not giving everything, it, even in Austria. I was in Austria in the training in the first team. If you're not giving everything and fucking putting your legs in, you're going to get in a fight, you know. And here, I think I, I didn't even fight one time in training in one year. You know, and this yeah, is that's, thing. it's a mentality issue as well. It's yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. They don't, they don't care if they lose. Like calm, it. calm, everything calm. Don't, don't push me too much. You know, and uh, I said to him, it's crazy. I think even one time the coach, the coach said to us, we should not shout on the kids so much. You know, which is okay. Understanding maybe the kids, kids don't take it good, but I learned on my way. If somebody shouts to me, he wants to help me. It's not a way from that he shouts from only for shouting. You know, if somebody's shouting to you only because he wants to shout. But in Austria, they want to help you with this. You know, they care about you. And I took it the same and I tried the same in, on, on, this, in, on this team, you know. And me and Marco were shouting too much, of course, because we have this mentality and we want to win. Uh, even if I play against my father, I want to win. And I don't care who is on the pitch. If you're on the pitch... You're, you're here to, to win. There is no young and old. There is only good and bad in football. So I don't care how young you are, how old you are. I want to win with you or without you. I don't care. And that's the only thing which I, I said to the, even to the Cypriot players, I said to them, your problem is your mentality. You know, your problem is your mentality. You don't care. You don't care if you lose in training. You know, I go home and I'm pissed if I lose in training. You You just go to the beach or somewhere, you know. This is the difference, and they need to to bring the mentality in. To be honest, the coach, you know, the, such as he has this mentality. He is one of the guys from Cyprus who has this mentality. You can see it on him. He's like, uh, he has so much fire in himself, even in training. You know, he likes to shout and everything. I, and I like this. You know, I like when somebody uh, wants you to 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 progress. You know, in football yeah. and helps you and. and 
of course, he, he he gets really crazy sometimes, really, really crazy. Yeah, I was but... going to say, because when he was playing for Abuel, he was, he was the enforcer. He was the guy. Who yeah, was... yeah, but you can see it. You can it, see it. And now I'll tell the players and be like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now he cannot change something on the pitch, you know, because he's the coach. I think yeah. even when he trains, he trains sometimes with us, he gets crazy, you know. He gets really crazy. And you don't want to lose, of course. And the... I think he brought a little bit of this mentality to the players. I hope, I hope he brought the mentality to the players. But uh, he's one of the guys from Cyprus, which I saw that have this mentality. And that's why he had this career, of course, you know. So this is the only difference I think here is the mentality. The thing is, when I look at the, the squad that you guys have, it, there's quite a lot of experience in there. You know, it's a pretty experienced squad. Um, so I, I, I'm the kind of person that believes that if you have experienced players, it helps the youngsters, depending on the, the, the player's mentality, obviously. You know, I'm an Omonia fan, as you know, and I keep talking about Fodis Babu Liz, who's 37, 38, and he's retired. But I believe that he still needs to be working at the club in some way to be a mentor for the youngsters. You know, and you're seeing senior players in clubs, they just go. And the clubs don't keep them to look after the youngsters. But your squad was a mixture of, you didn't have too many old players. I think there's only one player that was over 35, if I'm not mistaken. The Argentinian, I forget his name. Was it Lucero? Yeah, Lucero. Lucero, yeah. yeah. So I'm thinking you've got a head coach that is very fiery and you know passion, obviously knows the game. You have some senior players that have got experience. I think Fernandez was even at, at Newcastle, wasn't yeah, he? Newcastle, and he's only yeah. 25, 26. So he's travelled and he's seen the world. And then you have the youngsters. Even Rusha is 30 years old. And I'm thinking maybe these youngsters should look up to these players. But at the same time, were the players close to the youngsters? Were they giving them the advice and helping them, do you think? In our team, it was, for sure. I never felt uh, uh, so welcome and uh, so at home like in Paralimni, you know, and I think that's why we had, we fight it until the end, you know. Um, even me, even myself, I spoke all the time with Rushas, you know, and, I, and after a time it was, of course, I want to play every game. I'm a professional. I want to play every game. And uh, I get angry if I don't play, you know, but after a certain amount of time when we get to know better and everything, for me, I didn't get angry anymore when, let's say, Rushas was playing because I spoke to him and he said the same. It doesn't matter who of us is playing. We need to win the games, you know, and because I think we had the lowest budget by far. We had um, we had just us, you know. Nobody was helping us. There was no help from anybody outside. And this is what the coach was always saying. Here in this locker room, these are the only people who are with us and will stay with us. There is nobody else who will help us in this league, you know, and this is how it was until the end. But we became, I think, a family. I think it was, I never, I never felt like that. You know, I said to them, I, I never felt like that. I could go with everybody out, you know, even if I ask anybody on, to go on a coffee, everybody would say yes, you know, and, and we went out sometimes, you know, in Ayanapa and these things, you know, uh, it was really nice, really nice year for me. I think my best year for myself. 
even for from from living and i like the people i like uh, everybody there that the Palm is a nice city i it felt like my city here you know uh felt really good and maybe that's why i had a good season but uh still uh i'm uh, sorry that it didn't came out like we wanted to but there is other factors you know it, it cannot be only us because i think we won four out of six last games so we did everything we could do and yeah it was an amazing year from from this side you know from the personal side it was amazing i cannot say anything well, bro, you know what? I, I don't know if you've been watching the podcast, but Thasso and I have been big fans of yours. And I think not just for the, the goals that you scored or the type of goals, like that one against Akrida, which we're going to talk about in a minute, you know, <laughs> right? But it's, it's, the, it's the, the movement, how you move into the channels, how you drop deep, how you know the penalty area. There, there are some strikers that are instinctive, and there are many strikers that know the penalty area, where to be. It's, it's almost as if you think two steps ahead of everyone. And I think this is why I enjoy watching you play because I don't watch the ball. I watch the player and the movement, how you pull the defenders out of position, how you play off their shoulder, all these little elements. And I keep, I kept on saying to Thasso, no disrespect to Paralimni, but if uh, Alex was at an Omonia, at an Aboel, You'd get 15 goals, no problem. No problem. I think I could have got 15 in Paralimni, I'm sure. I think I'm, I missed the penalty and I had I had two chances against Salamina, which I need to to score. This one header, this one Wally. Uh, I had so I, I had these chances even now when I came home, when I'm sleeping, I'm dreaming of the chances I missed, you know. Mm. I'm not dreaming of the goals I scored. And I know how many goals I could have scored. Of course, you cannot score every goal, it's not possible. If I score every goal, I'm not here. I mean, I don't know, Real Madrid. But um, no, it's uh, it was difficult. It was not easy to score goals in Paralimni. I'm going to be honest. It's not easy because you need to work so much defensively. You know, we needed to work so much defensively. I had, there was games I had 13 kilometers running, you know. It's not easy to come then into a chance and score because your head is not fresh all the time. And the most important thing is to be fresh in the head when you come into a chance. And um, yeah, how did, I scored, I think, six headers, I'm not sure, or something, which uh, was good for me. I have a good uh, heading ability. I, I like to head the ball. This is the only thing. Maybe that's why I like to head the ball. But yeah, the, I, I think I, I don't remember one goal which was not nice this year, I think. My, even my mother said to me, every goal was nice. You know? She liked it. <laughs> every goal was nice. And I was like, yeah, Excellent. it was, but it's not easy, easy to score these goals, you know, and uh, I'm happy that I did. Uh, like I said, I wanted to score more. I always want to score more. Um, and I could have scored more, but it's okay, like, how it is, you know. That's how it is. The thing is, I understand what you're saying about the chances that you miss, because every every striker misses opportunities. But I look at, for example, Kavili Daya. I look at, for example... Uh, let me think, Jairo, the, the you know, top goal scorer in the league. I believe if you were at Abafo, Anaris, and Omonia, you would have got more goals because you'd have been more chances would have been created for you. And I think it goes back to what you said about with Baralimni, counter attacking football, low block, um, not very high pressing in, in, in most of the game. And I think your opportunities were, were limited in terms of chance creation, but also 
you you started a lot of games on the substitutes bench. So you're coming off the bench. You weren't playing consistently 90 minutes, 90 minutes, 90 minutes. And it must have been frustrating because you're 25 years old. And yeah, you're still learning. And as a striker, you probably don't peak until you're maybe 28, 30. And I'm looking at, you know, I'm looking at you. I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, if you're playing at an Omonia, or again, I'm sorry to repeat myself, but you're going to get a load of goals because of your, your movement, because of your ability. So I think it must have been frustrating for you. And it's frustrating for us as football fans as well to see this guy that knows the penalty area so well. Oh, you! I think I played like... Yeah, of course, for me, it was frustrating. But like I said, I didn't uh, have something to say because we were a team and um, uh, I didn't uh, complain too much after. But I think I played... I was like 50% starting 11, 50% bench. I think it was something like that. I'm not sure. Of course, like I said, I want to play every game. I want to play every game from the start. And I said... One time I said it to the coach. Coach... If you expect me to don't be angry, then uh, I'm on the wrong place, you know. I'm like this because I want to play the games. I want to score as much. I want to help the team as much as possible. Maybe some some games, uh, Rochas helps more the team than, than me, you know. Maybe Lamy helps the team more than me in some games. But I still want to play every game. That, that doesn't matter. I don't care about these things, you know, because that's how I think. And, yeah, but... I still played enough, I think. It's the first time I played so much. And it, this is the good thing. It's the first time I played so much and I showed off you know, when I played so much. Like I said, my, my head is calm now. Um, even on the, in the games, I'm really calm. I'm not nervous. I don't, don't think too much. Um, the only thing was at the end, it was a little bit uh, exhausting for me, you know, because I didn't have preseason. I came... I came I came into the week where the league started, you know. This was the only thing which uh, was a little bit difficult for me because I needed to get fit in the season, throughout the season, you know. And this is the thing which is the problem sometimes. Maybe it helped me after, but in the start it was difficult for me. It's, that's why I didn't start so many games and maybe the coach watched that I don't get injured or something. But yeah, but I did everything I could. And um, the next question I have to ask this, I'm sorry if, if I'm putting you on the spot, but we know the situation with the envelopes or the yellow warning, the red alert, as they call it. Uh, for the benefit of our listeners, there were two games that were flagged up by the Ethics Committee. It was Salamina against Paralimni and Olympiagos against Doxa. The Salamina game was marked as a yellow warning, which meant there was suspicious betting, but it wasn't a severe one. But the red warning was the Olympia Gozoxa game. Now, going back to the Salamina game, which I believe you guys lost four goals to two, there were two penalty incidents that you guys were denied. There was the handball in the first half and the penalty shot where the player was pulled down in the box. Yeah. And the next day, uh, or sorry, two days later, the Cypriot FA said, oh, we got it wrong. It sh they Both of them should have been penalties. Now, you guys got relegated. I wouldn't say as a result of that, but it made a big difference. Can you tell us your thoughts about the situation? And did you know about the warnings originally? Uh, we, I think we talked about it one day before that uh, because the Cypriot players, they know the, the news and everything. And um, from my view on the pitch, 
I think the first penalty was when I shot and this guy pulled the hands off. And I said to the referee, but I said, I explained to him, I said to him, if he stands in the wall from a free kick and he pulls the hands up, it's going to be a penalty, right? And he said, he couldn't, he didn't know what to answer, you know? I said to him, but if you do it in the wall and you pull it up, it's a penalty. There is no talking about because you're not allowed to pull the hands up to your head. You're not supposed to, to block your head. And uh, I was sure it was a penalty. I was sure in this moment that because I, I saw what he did, we didn't get it, okay? But we needed to be 2-0 up before that. We had two big chances to score, which was our mistake. But, of course, then I think it was the, the pull, which I saw from, from on the pitch. I was like, uh, nobody's even talking about it. You know? Nobody's even... I think maybe it was our mistake because we didn't go to the referee and uh, attack him and they hey, pulled him. But if we need to do these things, then I don't know because there were so many things in, in our games where there was nothing and then from nowhere he goes to the war and gives a penalty against us, you know? This is the thing, you know? It's not about what he what he gave but or what he didn't give, but there are things which... I think Aris in the in the first rounds, I I chipped the ball over a leg in the 16 box and he he stops the ball with the hand, and I'm like, how is this not a penalty, you know? And these things went throughout our whole season, not the not only in the last games. I'm not speaking about the last games, throughout the whole season, I think we lost like 10, 15 points from these things, from these small things, and we are Paralimni, we are not uh, up well. We make 30, 40 points, and if you make so many mistakes in, in against us, you know, it's difficult to stay in the league. I don't want to to say it now. Hey, the referees do it on purpose. Of course not. Maybe they do, they they. It's a mistake. Everybody makes mistakes, but it's just weird that the mistakes happen so often against us. You know, this is the only thing I don't like, and which I I felt sorry for the team because I think we deserve to stay in the league. Football-wise and uh, everything, but these envelopes—I don't know. It's it's weird. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, th there's also the additional thing. So uh, Stel kind of uh, breezed past it, but the Olympiakos-Doxa game—they actually found Olympiakos guilty and fined them fifty thousand euros for being involved in the. Uh, uh, Suspicious betting for that yeah. game, yeah. And uh, again, we go back to Olympiagos conceded a penalty in the 90, what was it, 97th minute? Yeah, 96th, 97th, yeah, scored in the 101st. Yeah. I watched the game, yeah. I watched the game on the phone. I was like, so, fuck yeah. no. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so, so and there's 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 a few situations as well, not just with Baralimni, but it happened with Agritas as well. So I go back to a game uh, against Ael where they conceded a penalty in like the 90th minute and, and Ael scored from it. And then one minute later, like the, it's the first attack after that, Agridas get into the box and there's a, the exact same tackle happens in the Ael penalty box and they don't give anything for it. So it's, it's, it's something that, yeah, there's, there's a few errors uh, that are creeping in from 
um, from the referees on the pitch. But as well, there's the argument as to why is VAR there if it's not to correct these mistakes, isn't it? Um, now, uh, obviously, the league is putting a lot of money in for bringing in these foreign referees. Now, do, do you think do you think that this is a suitable solution to 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 bringing in uh, referees from other countries rather than training in house, or do you think it's the same it's the same kind of situation that they have with the youth teams? To be honest, we had I think uh, it was the Italian referee in the last game against Anortosis, and you felt it immediately. You know that he's not from here. You felt it on the pitch. You felt it from his presence. And I was speaking after to the to the to our players. I was like, "That's a referee, you know. If you go to talk to him, he he will talk to you, which is a good thing. He will talk to you, but he will talk in a respect a respectful way with you, you know. And you will not have uh, much things to answer to him, you know. Speak two three things, but finished. And the only thing which I didn't like about the Cypriot referees is. I felt like when I went to them, I felt I'm speaking like to policemen who are against you, like you did something, you know? And they're like so not respecting the players when you, I'm allowed to speak to you. Why should I not be allowed to speak to you? I'm not swearing or something. I'm speaking to you. So speak to me, be respe respectful in these things. I think it was Doxa uh, when we played away, when we won 1-0. I was speaking to him. I, I was not speaking to him. I was speaking to one of our players. I was shouting to him. And he just comes into the conversation. Like, what do you want? You know, I'm not speaking to you. And I said to him, I was like, what do you want from me? I'm not speaking to you. What do you want? And after, I made like an easy tackle and he gives me immediately the yellow. And I knew it's because of this thing, you know. I knew because it's not even a yellow card for this tackle, but... This is the things I don't like about the Cypriot referees. They need to speak more with the players on the pitch, be more respectful because, I don't know, maybe they feel hated or something. I don't know. But the Italian referee, he was, you felt it on the pitch. It was, uh, for me, it was amazing uh, refereeing. Even when when everybody went down in the box we wanted some penalties he was like you know just go up and everybody saw it was not a penalty and you feel it and he will not go to the wall or something it was like just no finish next and it's a way maybe to teach the Cypriot referees you know if you bring these guys in maybe they bring they should bring guys to teach these things i think the how the referees act they should on the pitch, they should teach them th these things, you know. Because for me, the the presence of the referee on the pitch is really important, you know. If he has a good presence, a positive presence, you know, it's uh, good for the game. There will be not no so many not so many fouls or hectic in the game. If he keeps the game flowing and knows when to keep it flowing, and I watch the game the cup final. When Marciniak was... Uh, Marciniak did the Champions League final, didn't he? Yeah. Of course he's refereeing the Champions League final. If you watch him in the cup, you know, it's a difference. It's a big difference. And you see the players are respecting him. They see how he's acting on the pitch. And there is no sh so much shouting to him. Nobody wants to shout to him. Even you don't want to shout to him. 
because you feel him. You feel him on the pitch. He's there. And um, maybe they should bring the referees in sometime, not always, to show them how it's done, you know. Marciniak used to be a footballer as well. So he understands the pitch. Yeah. He understands situations. And I think that's important. Yeah, of course. Uh, if he, he knows what the players think. He knows how, how players think. These things help them. Yeah, it's weird. And, and, because... and also, sorry to interrupt, but I think in terms of the fitness as well, because he used to be a professional footballer, he can run around the pitch for 90 minutes. Yeah. And no disrespect to referees, because I couldn't run around the pitch for 90 minutes, not with my health at the moment. Anyway, I go to the gym, don't worry, I'm, I'm working out. <laughs> but in terms of the, the fitness, the stamina, understanding the game, the mental side of things, I think it's important that you have referees that were footballers. That's that's what I believe anyway. Yeah, the thing is, what I know, uh, I was I asked around about the referees and everything. I think you need to start really, really early uh, to be on the top, you know, to be in the top leagues, to referee. I think there is like, it's like, uh, it's like starting to play football. It's the same. Like uh, football, you can play maybe a little bit earlier, but you need to start early to go to the refereeing things and to be on the top. I don't know how it is in Cyprus, but I know how it is here. It's it's like uh, starting a football career to start a refereeing career. The only thing is you can work next to these things. That's why the referees have, have jobs and everything. But um, yeah, it's not an easy job. I know it's not an easy job to be a referee, uh, especially in, in the top. I think it's even more difficult in these leagues where we are right now, like Cyprus, because the not not every player is maybe as respectful or and these things, but and every mistake is seen here in the in the top the same. But here you have the VAR, and they don't. I I I think they don't know how to use it. I don't know how the connection is between them, but I yeah. think they still don't know how to use it properly. Yeah, I, I mean, the, yeah, there's again. You're going to start thus off with the lines. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say with the lines, but it's also um, part of it is the um, the low number of camera angles that they have to work with. So, for instance, I'm thinking back to Doxa's uh, goal versus Abuel, where there was a clear handball, and uh, when you look at the angles that were available to the VAR referee at the time. They couldn't see a handball, so they couldn't say it was to disallow it. But there was a camera angle behind the goal, and you clearly see him whack the ball with the hand as he's falling. And um, Abuel, the club, made that camera available for people to see, to be like, what, what, what's this? What's this thing here, yeah. <laughs> if that's not handball? So, you know, it's um, you're right, they do not have... Uh, they, they do not have the expertise, I think, to deal with it. But part of it is to do with the technology. The technology is there and they are using the technology. It's just that they don't have the amount of... Um, brain power. Brain power. <laughs> well, not, not just the brain power, but the visuals to go with the technology. It's a bit... It's they've they, 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 they brought in the hard stuff to bring in, but they haven't done the easy stuff to bring in 
to go with it. It's it's a weird one. You know how it feels. It feels like when you bring uh, if you bring Messi to Doxa, it's the same. You know, this is the VR here in Cyprus. I, I want to see this now. <laughs> <laughs> Bring Cristiano uh, to Cyprus. You know, that's how I. They don't know what to do with him. That's how I think. You know. Yeah, you're it's right. Not, you're it's right. Not a, that's well, bro, bro, I have one more question about the the referees and VAR and and the the decisions that went against you guys. Was this something that was discussed by your teammates? Did you guys get together and and discuss these decisions and and feel because I think that, and this is going to sound really bad, and this is my opinion. I think that the bigger the club you are in Cyprus, the more decisions decisions you get your way. That's my opinion. To be honest, sometimes we were uh, in the locker room sitting and we couldn't believe what happened. You know, when you watch it after the game, we were sitting in the locker room and nobody could believe that these things happen, you know. And especially when they happen like every second, third week, you know. Sometimes you're in disbelief. And of course, we talked. Like I said, the coach often said, nobody's going to help us. Nobody's going to help us to stay in the league. No referee. We're going to be always, they're going to be always against us. That's what he said from the beginning. You know, from the beginning, he knew how it's going to be. And that's how it went to be in, until the end. And uh, of course, for us players, it was hard because we gave everything. We really gave everything. And, uh, I was talking to Marco and uh, because you know about uh, we believe in God and everything. He said, "I hope it comes back." You know, in the end, I hope it comes back. You know, everything what happened in the start, I hope it comes back. And then when we started to win the games in the end, I think we fucked it up. Fucked it up in the groups. You know, we started really bad and, uh, but we still believed. I think we were eleven points behind, and uh, we managed to go on one point until the last game and we hope now it's going to come back you know now 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 we're going to stay in the league uh, but we didn't do it but still um it was not easy for the team it was not easy i'm sure it was not easy for anybody because we spoke about it every time in after training in training and in the locker room it was a big 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 thing what is happening to us in some games, you know, but we couldn't do anything about it. That's the thing. This, this is the biggest problem. We couldn't do anything about it. We could just come to training and to the games and do give everything. That's what we could do. And nobody helped us. Not even the, the, uh, the, the FA or how is it called there? Nobody helped us. Nobody. Oh, what, I, what, 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 what can we buy from the apology? Nothing. We still lost. Yeah. Did yeah. you did you did you feel the support from 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 the people, not necessarily just fans of Baralimni, but from people in general? Because at least from what I could see on social media, everybody was kind of pushing for for Baralimni to to kind of uh, try to lift themselves up above Doxa, because Doxa was seen as this as as the team that was almost. I don't want to. I don't, I don't want to. Yeah, people were alleging that Doxa had paid to be able to avoid. So everybody was uh, kind of supporting Baralimni as like the second team to try and push 
to to get that. Did did you feel that? Did you did did, did the players talk about that at all? Yeah, even in the city, you know, when you get went, uh, let's say, for coffee or something, and somebody recognized you, the first thing they started was like. I know it's impossible what the referees are doing to you guys. You know, it was always one one topic which they started to talk about was this topic. Everybody saw what, of course, everybody sees what's happening. You know, everybody sees it. But but we still felt felt that they are supporting us because I think because of the team because this team gave everything. Everybody felt that we are giving everything. And what can you do if you give everything? There is nothing else to do. Um, maybe some, maybe the quality lacks. Okay, maybe our quality was not so big, but we put that on the side with the with the work we did, you know. So, the fans really, especially in the last game, there was so many people from from Paralini there was amazing and I wish that we could win this game but we didn't so but still we felt the love we still felt the love of, of course sometimes they were shouting and these things but it, that's normal that happens um, but in Paralimni I think nobody was nobody was uh, expecting that we will come back until the end which we did and it was only plus plus points for our team and yeah, I think I, I think I'll, uh, with with a lot of uh, with a lot of supporters in Cyprus, the main thing I I'm, I won't talk about Abuel and things like that because the main thing for uh, quite a few fans for Abuel is his win, but uh, especially in a lot of other teams, the first thing that the that uh, fans ask for is for hundred percent, and. We've seen it a few times when uh, they believe a player isn't giving a hundred percent. Like for instance, uh, what happened with Anorthosis uh, kind of at the first half of the season. But when they see players giving giving their all, uh, then they will support those players to do every, to to do everything they can. They are coming because of us into the stadium, you know, which I... exactly. Yeah. This is the thing, and we are coming to because of them to play, you know. And if there is no fans, it's not fun. If uh, they only come to shout, it's not fun, you know. And, uh, and the Cyprus Cyprus community of fans is like nearly the same with Balkan, the Greek, and the Greek, you know. <laughs> it's normal to shout, you know. And uh, when you're from the Balkans. When you, I've been there, you know, I've been in Bosnia and played there. It's uh, especially when you don't understand here. I don't, I don't understand everything what they are saying, you know, which is a good thing sometimes. But in Bosnia, uh, I could understand everything, and it's not easy to take these things as a player. Some players take it and push it in a positive way. Some players push it in a negative way and go down. But. Um, it's. I would say it's the same mentality like in the Balkans. The defense um, think they can do everything what they want. You know, of course we come because of them, but uh, we are still people. You know, we are still people, 
and if you give us the support and uh, we will try to I, i'm that type of guy i will give everything if somebody supports me i will give everything if i feel the confidence i will give everything and that's how it goes and that's how football goes you know we can only be good if i have confidence if you don't have confidence even even messi is not good without confidence you know this is how it is well bro you mentioned confidence and that goal against agrida has got confidence written all over can you can you talk us through that goal please i was uh, sick i think like for two weeks i was like really really sick and then i came back it was before the group started i think akritas was like the third game or something in the groups and uh, i came back into the training and uh, the coach put me on the bench and when i'm on the bench i'm like fired up a little bit and we were i think we were two zero down i'm not sure two zero no 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 it was one zero i came in then one yeah. one two one and then two two yeah um i don't know uh these things just happen uh, i know that i can do these things you know i know what i can do with my technique i have I don't want to say it's amazing, but uh, I was I was Zlatan. I love Zlatan Ibrahimovic and these things. And you, when you watch him, maybe these things are stuck in your behind in in your little brain, and uh, you don't think about it. But if the possibility possibility comes, we just do it, you know. And this game, this game, the ball came there. I could have taken it with the left, I think, but I I still did it with the back heel because I I don't know. It, I just did it. So it was like a automatism in my head to do it. Uh, luckily, it went in, um, and it looked amazing. Yeah, and I sent it to my friends, and everybody's like, "No way, no way!" I was like, "Yeah, crazy." Bro, it, it was it was incredible because I I remember I was at Old Trafford when Ronaldo scored a goal like that against Aston Villa. Sorry, Thaso, because and I was behind the goal, and it happened so quickly, and you saw the ball go behind him, and the next thing you know, it's in the goal. Yeah. And you're thinking, how, how you, you, you don't know how to celebrate because you don't realize your brain hasn't processed what has actually happened. It was, it was incredible. And then you did it. And I had the same reaction. I was like, well, what, what is this? How, yeah. how did you do it? But it was, it was amazing. For me, that was that goal and Sadiq's goal against Olympia. Goals were my two favorite this season. They yeah, uh, the Sadiq goal was nice. But I think Sadiq, was, he flicked it, but he didn't know where he flicked it. He, the good thing is didn't, the defender didn't even know where he flicked it, you know. He was, like, lost a little bit. I, I saw the goal, yeah. But even, like you said, this moment, I didn't even realize at the start, you know. After when I watched it, I was like, what the fuck, you know. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> you need to put so much power. It's not easy to take this back heel because especially it came from in the air, you know. And when you flick it, you don't feel how much power you give the ball. Because it's the back heel, you don't have so much, uh, like, you don't have the, the feeling of the hitting the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. don't have the feeling of hitting the ball. And when I flicked it, I felt it's oh, it's going strong. You know, maybe it could go in. I turned it was already in, and uh, felt felt good, felt good. Especially Amazing. it was like for the, I think it was for two one, we were up. Yeah. And then after we conceded another one, but. Yeah, it's brilliant, brilliant. Well, I've got some quick fire questions, Thassa. I don't know if you've got any more questions for now, Thassa, and then we can go into the quick fire, or shall we just go 
don't know. Ah, no, go into it, go into it. I was, I, no, I've got one. Is so you you get off the plane, Cyprus. I'm guessing is Larnaca, right? Uh, just because it's close to Baralimni. Like you arrive on the island, you go to the hotel or wherever you're staying. Like when when did you notice that? Okay, this is Cyprus. Uh, from the heat, I think I came. I was like uh, in, in. Oh, it was so hot. It was so fucking hot. It was like because I'm at I'm at, in Austria. It's not like that, you know. It's a different type of hot. Here it's like this um, wet. It's like you. You cannot stop sweating, you know. And uh, I was talking to my mother. I was like, "What the fuck?" You know, I, I love the, I love skiing and everything. I love the cold weather. I'm a, a cold weather guy. And this is the first time I was in Finland for one year, and there it's like in winter it's like minus twenty five degrees, and now I'm in Cyprus. It's like a, from black to white. You know, it's crazy. But uh, and the trainings were at seven in the morning at the start because it was too hot. And when I saw after the training, I went sometimes to the beach and then I was like, okay, now this is Cyprus. I saw it and I went to Ayanapa, I think, in the first or second week to see how the city is. And it was stacked. It was like full of people. I think I just went one time then after I, because I don't like so many people. I'm not the type of guy for this, but... I really like Cyprus, to be honest. Even my parents came to visit me often, and my father said, "I need to 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 move here because it's perfect for me." I was like, "Yeah, why not?" Uh, even me, I want, of course, I want to stay to, in, to play in Cyprus because I like the league uh, from from the playing point and uh, from even from the country and the people. It fits me, but we will see what happens. So I, I'm not sure, but yeah. Okay, time for the, the quick fire questions, my friend. Okay, so you mentioned your teammates, and I know you have obviously your, your I won't say your favorite teammates, but the ones you got on with the most. If you want to talk about the training sessions that you guys had, were there any players who didn't like to train or were, you know, you always poked fun at them because they were really bad at training? Maybe in rondos or yeah, yeah. or one guy for sure. Uh, it was uh, Pantelis Gabriel. He's right now in the under twenty ones. I okay. always told him. I always told him, no, bro, you at you're not at training. You're on the beach or something. You know, you're not at training. He he was like, he's he's a good player. He has a really good technique and everything, but in training he was like he didn't care. You know, and okay. I told him every time, push yourself, but. No, I was speaking. Really. I was speaking to a wall. <laughs> okay. Was there anyone always late for training that was never on time? Um, what I remember, it was uh, Julien Lamy. Ah, okay. Yeah, Lamy was okay. like. Uh, I never knew when Lamy was coming. I was not sure when he when he was in the locker room. I was not sure. But in the end, he was better and better. He came on time. Okay, he he, he knew the directions. I guess he yeah, yeah, yeah. he got lost. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so again, when you talk about your teammates, who would you say was the most entertaining? Maybe the biggest joker or someone that was, I don't know, a good singer or dancer or whatever, something like that. Uh, 
I would say it was me. But uh, okay. when it's, yeah, I like to joke around really much. Okay. I like that type of guy. I bring a little bit of freshness, I think. But maybe um, he was there for a quick time, uh, a short time. Javé, Floris Javé. Javé, yeah. Yeah, he, he was just he loved to dance and joke around, you know. But Javé and um, Marco, Marco Yevremovic was he was he would like to joke around, especially with me. You know, we had like a good relationship, and but yeah. If you ask the other ones, I think they will say me. I'm sure they will say me. So, what, what did I, you do? Were you, were you pranking people or just? I was joking around with everybody, uh. with everybody. You know, uh, even with the except from from such as because you respect him more, and you yeah. know there is a difference. But uh, the other guys, I was joking around with everybody. You know, to to the fitness coaches and everything, I was joking. And when they did something wrong, every time I was joking. But the the thing about this is, I don't care if anybody jokes with me. You know, if I joke about around with other people, I take the jokes from them. You know, it's not. I I, I like this. If some I see if I see people who likes to joke with me, then I joke with them. This is a good thing yeah. for me. And then after it was it was uh, fun. You know, it was fun in our locker room and even on the pitch. Mm. Brilliant. Well, as you know, this this show is called This Is Mappa. And it comes from the phrase, this is Cyprus. Because as you know, whenever something happens in Cyprus and you can't explain it, the normal reason for it is this is Cyprus. So it could be how people park their cars or, I don't know, drink coffee 100 times a day. Yeah. Your experience in Cyprus, can you think of anything where you can say, ah, this is Cyprus? Do you remember anything? The driving. <laughs> Just <think> the driving. <laughs> the driving. When I, the worst, I, I, I said to, to Marco all the time, I said, I'm going to open a driving school here because the people are really shit at driving. <laughs> Even if it's, for me, it's on the wrong side, you know. In Austria, we yeah. drive on the, on the right side. And I yeah. said, I need one week to drive here, you know. But these people, are, they, they need their whole lives to drive good. They are so slow. And uh, maybe it's because of the mentality, you know? because they don't care to drive fast. You know, they're just calm and they just drive. Did, there is no pressure. Sorry, sorry, sorry Alex. Did, did you say slow? In Paralimni, for me, it was slow. Oh, Parali- yeah. Okay. Okay. No, I'm because uh, my a lot of people's experience is the opposite. It says 50 kph on the speed limit and they're doing 90, 100. Just. <laughs> yeah, for me, yeah, I was uh, catched one time. I think I paid 100 euros here. On the driveway, I was driving too fast, but there are so slow drivers here. Or not slow, bad drivers. I would say bad. Yeah, bad. that's that, that's, yeah, that's correct. Bad drivers, really bad drivers. <laughs> and of course, the coffee. But the coffee, I love the coffee. I was drinking every day Fredo Espresso. And uh, the problem is there is no Fredo Espresso in Austria. And my, my godfather, he has a restaurant and uh, he has a bar. I said to him, you need to put this in, you know, in the menu, because this is amazing. You know, I love it. I love it. I love it. it Do really you know good. what? This, this, this Fredo Espresso must be like a Balkan thing, because Duris, I met up with in Cyprus, he had Fredo Espresso. Um, Marko Shepovic, same thing. Stefan Shepovic drinks this. What is it with Fredo Espresso? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, we like to drink coffee. The Balkan people like to drink coffee. You know, we like to go into the coffee shop 
sit there and talk for five hours and drink coffee. Um, and when I came here, uh, I went to Zorbas because I, my flat was near to Zorbas. Zorbas, come on! <laughs> and uh, sorry, I tried I the coffee, Zorba. and I tried every 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 type of coffee there. You know, every country. Until I came to Brazil, and I then until the end, I just drank Fredo Espresso Brazil. And every day I came into the the Zorbas, they knew already what I want, you know. And uh, me and Marco were drink. He was uh, drinking iced latte, and I was drinking Fredo Espresso, and uh, it's amazing. I loved it. Um, only the only thing is, uh, at the start, it was too cold for us, so we had a little bit of throat pop- problems. Yeah, yeah. But when after we get used to it, but I love it. I love the coffee there. Did you ever try Mr. Brown, the, the can coffee? No, tin? no, never. No, no. Oh, I see. No. You're missing out. You're missing Hashtag out. not sponsored. No, we're not sponsored. No, we're not sponsored by Zorbaz or Mr. Brown. So if anyone is watching, you can sponsor this pod. No problem. Um, you, you mentioned the Zorbaz, the shops. Which which other uh, Cypriot, I don't know, traditions were you aware of or did you get involved in? Because I know at Easter time, a lot of them go to the Drolos, the mountains, to have their barbecues. And Zorba is for me part of Cypriot heritage now. It, it is. Yeah. So, what, what what other things did you learn about Cyprus and the culture? They put, you know, what the only thing uh, they put a lot of how is it called? It uh, cement. I think cement. Yeah. They put it in the meat. Oh, I'm it wrong. Cement. No, 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 not meat. cement. Not cement. Uh, how is it called? Wait, wait. Or salt. No, 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 no. The sweet thing. Wait, it's just one what, what is it in what is it in German? I'll, I'll Google translate it. Uh, Zimt. Zimt. How do you spell that? Wait, I'm gonna say it. It's called cinnamon. Sorry, cinnamon. Cinnamon. Ah, cinnamon. Okay. Yeah. They put okay. cinnamon in a lot of uh, things in food. I'm sure okay. they put it. And I was like eating when I came to Cyprus. Uh, we were eating at. Um, we had like for the team uh, to go eat after the training. And mm-hmm. I was like, "Why is cinnamon in their meat?" You know. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, what did you did you have like chef Talia? That's normally where they put it. Or um... we had like a nice lady. Where we had a nice lady who who was cooking for us. She passed away, I think, two days ago. Uh, uh, um, but she was amazing for us. You know, she was really amazing for us. Um, she cooked every day and she was so nice to us and she loved our team and the guys and we came there to eat every day and she make all different kinds of food and uh, we were joking around with her bringing she loved coca-cola and we brought every time coca-cola to drink um but yeah they put cinnamon in the in the meat but and one thing i went to the taverns i love the taverns to eat there i love uh, especially uh, when my family came we went there, but I took for too many people. I thought it's going to be not enough, but it was too, too much. I think I took did you, it for... Did, did, you, did you get the meze? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, the meze, the meze in Cyprus is different from everywhere else. You know, you get you get like 30 different little plates, you know. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't walk after it. It was too much. I couldn't walk after it, but it's nice. Uh, I love, I like their food, the, the Greek or Cyprus food. Uh, it's good. It's good. It's nice. And and also one more thing that I forgot to ask with regards to Paralimni, they they have a connection with West Ham, yeah. And I know for the Conference League game against uh, Ajax, 
some West Ham players went to Baralimni, the stadium. Mark Noble was there. They shared the, the shirts and everything. Did did you know much about this? Were you involved in it at all? One time we were sitting in in, um, in the video room watching the a game, and all of a sudden Mark Noble comes in. You know, he was like behind us, and then he just walked up with the president and these guys. I was like. I know this guy from somewhere, you know, uh, he's familiar. And then I was like, oh, it's Mark Noble, you know. It was, like, really nice to see him. And he watched the training afterwards. And I think he came two, two or three times to the club. He has a house somewhere in Paralimni. Um, oh, okay. I didn't I know think, that. Yeah. He has, I think he has a house somewhere in Paralimni. Um, yeah, it uh, was surprising, to be honest. It was really surprising. And then when they play against Ajax, there was many people coming to Paralimni on the, on the, to the stadium. There was like a, like a small West Ham party and uh, Mark was there and everybody, and we trained next to the, uh, on this day. And everybody was there drinking, speaking. But it's a nice thing for the club, I think, really nice. And they went on to win the Conference League as well. Yeah. So if they need, this, need a striker, Yep. See, <laughs> going back to, to Italy on loan to Roma, I think. So, yeah, if they, they need the other strikes, they get, get in touch with Alex. But, yeah, um, I was going to ask something else about the whole West Ham situation. Oh, I forgot now. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'll ask you in the on, on WhatsApp anyway. But, um, yeah, Alex, it's been a, an absolute pleasure having you on this podcast. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, I know that you're on your holidays now, so I, I really value your, your efforts and everything. And thank you for for playing in Cyprus and hopefully, hopefully we'll see you back in Cyprus for my team, I'm hoping. Oh my I'm God. I'm just saying. I, I, oh I'm... my God, man. What do you mean? What, he's not going to go to your club? Why would he go he, to no, your club? No, he's not. They don't, they don't pay the players. Don't go to my club. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave that bit Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. 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 <laughs> well, that's been another edition of uh, This Is Mappa. Thank you, everyone, for, for tuning in. Before we leave, we're doing a giveaway and to mark Man City's treble, we're giving away this Raheem Sterling little figure. So all you need to do is follow us on Instagram at this is Mappa, tag two friends, and we're going to do the uh, announcement very, very soon. Uh, as you can see at the bottom, Alex is on Instagram at Alexander underscore ACO underscore. See, we don't forget this. And Thasso is at Flares Gaffes. So we'll be back very, very soon, boys and girls. Thank you for tuning in.